Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We have an awesome episode for you today. Strategies for advanced flexible dieting. Yeah, so we we did an episode on nutrition probably a little while ago now. It's been a while. It's been a while. So now we wanted to touch on something for those who have perhaps been tracking for a little while um, that you could start implementing or thinking about or using for yourself. So if you haven't listened to that original episode, please do so. We really just talk about the basics of flexible dieting, why we do it, what it is, who it's for, because it's not for everyone. And now if you want to really enhance your skills when it comes to this stuff today's the day yep so let's jump right into it um the first thing we wanted to talk about was meal timing so um specifically pre and post workout yeah so in order to achieve your goals it is actually really important to manipulate the foods that you eat both before and after your workout Mm. because if we're looking to change our body composition so for example grow some nice beautiful muscle we need to make sure that we are feeding our body so it has something to build the muscle from Mm. so it's about providing an optimal environment you know like the fish tank for the fish to grow in you need to make sure that you've got the nutrients and the nutrition there for your body to do what you're asking of it, whether it is build muscle, perform, get stronger, lose body fat, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. So, you know, I think it's blown around now. There is a lot of um, research that does support that, you know, calories are king and you can eat it all in one meal or over several and see the same sort of results. But, you know, when it comes to research, a lot of research is biased, you know. They may not be looking at females. They may not be looking at body composition goals. They may be severely underfeeding them or whatever it may be. So it does come down to trial and error. And both Danny and I definitely do agree that um, having control around your meal timing, regardless of what it is you're doing, is really important. And I even speak about this with shift work. Like I use that to manipulate my sleep. So you can imagine what it's going to do with Mm. body composition. Yeah, that's right. So... When it comes to your personal meal timing, when do you use it and what do you do? So pre-workout, it's interesting because I come from a running background. So like performance-based endurance style Mm. stuff. And, you know, I used to easy go out and do 20Ks running on a Sunday um, fast at not eating. Um, And there's, um, you know, a lot of... um, evidence and stuff to support that endurance style training um, does tend to like burn more body fat as you go not body fat but fat as fuel rather than carbs as fuel for glucose so it didn't impact me as much as Mm. now like if I tried to go in and and lift weights and train for strength or hypertrophy fasted I would get dizzy spells oh yeah shakes so um now pre-workout I always make sure I have a balanced meal so you know proteins carbs and fats um some people prefer to have more high carb and high protein but for me I find having some fats in there to slow down the absorption stops me from getting jittery so um again that's a bit more technical but for me a balanced meal works best yeah for sure and having the fats in there as well because there's nothing worse than being hungry in the middle of a workout oh Oh, so the fats will slow down um your hunger as well Mm. but i think the common theme is eat before a workout and we've said that very passionately earlier Mm. but if you're going into the gym and training at least have something and if you're the type of person that oh you know i wake up really early wake up 10 minutes earlier start with something tiny half a banana scoops of yogurt get your body and metabolism Mm. used to having food 
before you train because food is fuel. Yep, movement is medicine. I love these little logos. That's it. Um, but, you know, like Danny said, it doesn't take long. Half a scoop of protein powder with a bit of banana, whatever yep. it is. You know, if you're not waking up hungry, there's probably a problem there. You should be waking up with an appetite yep. to go and train. And if you don't feed it at that time, guess what? Your body's going to learn to not wake hunger up, wake up hungry. Mm. And it's not about getting your metabolism firing, so to speak, but it's just about getting things moving. Yeah. So then we can sort of go back. Well, if you're not waking up hungry, did you eat your last meal too late mm. or was it too big? Mm. Something like that. Um, then waking up hungry, having that fuel source, going to the gym, you're going to have a better workout. You'll feel less dizzy. You'll be able to put more energy into it. And then your body isn't going to eat into your muscle because that's what happens. If we train fasted, your body's going to use muscle as fuel Mm. and we don't want that. Yeah. So we always want to make sure that in our bloodstream, we've got a constant flowing source of amino acids, Mm. which is the molecules that protein is broken down into. And then we all know that carbohydrates fuel our workouts. So having carbs so that we can have glucose into our bloodstream as well will further help us. And then fats just slows down the absorption of all of the above. Um, What's your favorite or what's your standard go-to pre-workout meal? Oh, something, uh, either I have my bread, rice or oats, like the carbs that are high GI, quick energy sources. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I sort of change. I don't really have a go-to meal. Um, but yeah, or even my fruit, banana, honey, stuff like that. Carbs that are just going to get absorbed really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm very much the same. Like I normally train in the morning. So I always have like um, bacon and eggs on toast or something like that. That's my stock standard breakfast. Yeah. It's been for years. Yeah. (laughs) What about post-workout? Post-workout's very similar, I'd say. We still want those high energy carbs afterwards. Um, making sure we have that protein source. And if you want to have some fats after that's fine too. Again, Mm. some research and some people will say we don't need to have the fat around the workout, but if it works for you, like how it works for Sherelle, Mm. great. For me, I try it just so I can hit my macros. I tend to leave some more fats spread out throughout the day because that's Mm. going to keep me fuller when I'm not eating as many carbs. Um, so my pre and post don't really have that much fats, Mm. but again, it's about what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What works for you? Like I find that if I don't have at least sort of five to 10 grams of fat in my body before I train, by the end of the workout, I get jittery and that is, um, a side effect of a low blood sugar. Mm. And I'm that weird nurse that checks their blood sugar sometimes and my blood sugar can get low so again having that fat actually slows down the carbohydrate sources so that your blood sugar stays higher yeah but then sometimes i don't know we always have sort of conflicting thoughts which is great um it's kind of because if we're getting really technical sometimes we want you know how you're saying slow down the carbs. Sometimes mm. we want it really quick. Yeah, yeah. Because if if you have a not small at the window, cost of getting jittery, not at the cost of getting <laughs> jittery. Nah, I love that. Like if you get up, have breakfast, and then within half an hour, like you're going to train, we don't want a slow digestion because it's not really going to be absorbed yet within mm. that half hour window. Mm. So then you'd probably would lower your yeah. fats a little bit maybe. And I like to eat, like in saying that, absolutely. Like if I was getting up and going straight to the gym within the hour, then I probably wouldn't. 
but I like to eat and give it at least sort of two hours. Like I have breakfast and then I have a couple hours and then I train. So, Mm. you know, if I was waking up and like a lot of people have to wake up and train really early in the morning, I would probably um, just have, like Danny said, half a banana and half a scoop of protein powder and then have the rest of breakfast when I come home. Yeah, yeah, and Mm. make it a real high energy Mm. breakfast. Like feed those muscles that have been depleted because that's what working out is really. We're depleting our muscles of all their sources and we need to refill that after Mm. we ate Mm. it's fuel yeah and then the same with post-workout like danny said i like to um have a protein shake and then about an hour later i have a full meal balanced meal i'm very basic (laughs) basics easier because you can do your head in with this stuff and yeah yeah, that's just i'm the same really it's efficient to be i stopped actually having protein shakes Mm. i sort of go through phases yeah so do i yeah when i'm uh dieting i don't have protein shakes because they don't fill me up as much but then in saying that for body composition for example if i did a leg a big leg day i would have a protein shake because they're the areas that i really want to like get bang for my buck results Mm. as well upper body um, it's easier for me to to shape but if it's a leg day i'm and i'm dieting i'm more likely to have a protein shake but then on the other days because i'm hungry I'd rather have something that, like chicken that would take a bit longer. Yeah. Again, science will say one thing. Mm. Yes, the protein shake will be absorbed quicker straight to the muscles. But if I'm going to eat my leg off, yeah. you know, you've got to weigh up what you want. See, I'm the opposite when I'm I building. Love that. Like, I haven't had, of course, we're the opposites, yin and yang. <laughs> um, but I haven't had a protein shake in like four months until yep. I started dieting. So I like to, that one protein shake is like my chocolate hazelnut treat for the day. Okay. Um, and it's, I don't know whether I like subconsciously work harder for it. Like I get like the Nutribullet and I like make it into this like fluff mess and it's just like so delicious. And then because when I finish workout, like I'm starving. But if I tried to like cook my meal uh, and I like to cook my things if I can or have them done, I would eat my arm off. Yep. So I just have a protein shake, strang bang, and then it keeps me at bay until I get my meal organized or drive home or do whatever I need to do. So that's why I include it just because it's easy. Um, Whereas I take my meal to the gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the underlying thing that we both said, if you're going to eat one of your limbs off, don't do it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Work work out what works for you. That's awesome. Food sources. Yeah. So we briefly touched on this high GI, low GI food sources. So GI is the rate at which it gets absorbed into your body and bloodstream. Glycemic index. Glycine, yes, glycemic index. And for example, your high GI carbs, what I rattled off before, your fruits, you know, your breads, oats, rice, things that are just straight into the muscle, mm-hmm. deliciousness. Uh, low GI, things that take a little bit longer to be digested and absorbed, vegetables, um, things like that. Yeah, so they um, generally have like the non-soluble um, fibers and the brands and the husk and stuff like that on the grains left. So, for example, yeah. high GI, basmati rice. Low mm-hmm. GI, brown rice. So it's not good and bad. It's just different. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, high GI is sort of bastardized in the fitness industry as like bad or on food labels. You know, if yeah. it's, it's, oh, this is low GI, it's got the tick. Mm. Um, you know, and it's important to know that it isn't good and bad. It's just for when and for 
for who and what for. So, you know, we strategically um, choose high GI around our workouts. Um, The same way as I strategically include low GI foods as I get deeper into a calorie deficit to slow down absorption and keep me feeling fuller for longer. Yeah, perfect. But then you're better off um, having your low GI foods not around your workout because as you said earlier we're not going to digest that fiber and the husks like it goes into the toilet so we're not going to be using that for energy during Mm. our workout so i learned that the hard way as well when i got real bloated as i mentioned in um, one of our q a episodes like because i kept smashing all the veggies and things but because my body wasn't actually digesting it I felt sluggish with no energy and bloated as. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's really important. Like fiber, you know, when it comes to flexible dieting, you know, we talk about protein, carbs, fats and fiber. To be honest, I'm not really religious with fiber because I just sort of stick to the same sort of stuff and I just hit a general target. But it's just important to know that your fiber is independent to you and like yeah. what your body's used to. So some people might only want 20 grams. Some people tolerate 40, 50. Yeah. It's really independent. And just as long as you've got both the soluble and the insoluble. That's right. I think the general rule is about 15 grams per thousand um, yeah. calories. Yeah, 10 to 15 per yeah. thousand calories that yeah. you're ingesting. But yeah, then it, it comes down again to the types of fiber and it, whether you're experiencing any GI issues. Like mm-hmm. some some girls have been like to me, I have to have like 50 grams. I'm like, how do you feel? And they're like, fine. I'm like, well, great. Awesome. So it doesn't matter. Like it, mm-hmm. it only matters, you know, whereas the same as I'm like, God, I'm so hungry today. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, I've had like 10 grams of fiber. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just a tool of measurement. I don't know why people, I guess the real traditional flexible dieting where they just eat donuts, that's why they're probably so religious about hitting a fiber target mm. whereas it's we don't good have for to, your gut health yeah but we don't have to worry about oh no because we eat veggies that's what things. i mean yeah so you know how they look at it so much it's yeah. sort of like well we would eat 80 percent whole food at least yep. so yep. you know if you're doing that you're going to hit your fiber 100 percent. yeah gone are the days of really people thinking well some do but I think it's become more well-known that flexible diet dieting isn't just eating shit to fit calories, yeah. which is awesome that it's changed. And look, if people want to be an athlete, you want to be a pro, you've got to fuel your body like an athlete and a pro. Like That's, that's right. what it comes down to. Yeah, And when it comes, like, you know, there comes a, a time in your prep where you're just eating, aren't you? Like, it's not. Oh, yeah, that robotic face. You're just like, cool, food when is When do you fuel. hit that? When do you hit that? Ooh. <laughs> when it's getting, oh, I'm just like, it's, I don't know. I'm like tapping into my... My thing, yeah, maybe I don't know from twelve weeks or something. Yeah, I've just programmed myself now to be like, we're on, we're Let's on, fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like I always think like those first few weeks, you're like you, you know, you're teething into it, yeah. and you're sort of easing into it, which is really important with anything you do. You don't go all or nothing. Yeah, but um, you know, then once you hit that sort of sticky point, can we announce that we're doing a prep? Have oh we yeah, spoke about that. No, you know what we did. This is my mind as well. We announced that we were doing it, and then you asked me, and I said, I don't know. Oh, again. Yeah. But then, yeah, we're, now we're going to both do it again. That's October right. October show. So, this is why we're like talking about current times of being like, yeah, when we're dieting, and you know, because um, we both are entering a comp prep. So, yeah, this stuff will become more apparent as we use it throughout, you know, the next um, 18 to 20 weeks. And the more you do it, the more you learn the little tricks, such as manipulating the volume of your food. So, more veggies. 
um, and things like that. Yeah. What, uh, the noodles, the konjac noodles and konjac rice. It tastes fan. like shit. I'm not a but fan. But I use it. Like, I'm not a fan. Nah. And it, it tastes shit, but if you put um, spices and nah, it's just not salt. I'm, I'm She's not, just giving I'm not me the ice like. I don't know. That sort of stuff creeps me out a little bit. I'm it's just, a vegetable. Yeah. What, in the slimy packet Yeah, stuff. it's vegetable. Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> I would rather buy a zucchini and just like. But that's high fiber. Rave that up. Yeah, but I can tolerate a lot of fiber and it doesn't give me any issues. Actually, the konjac um, things are high fiber as well. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Grading as a candy. You chew on your bloody uh, cucumbers. Yeah, like yeah, oh, like they're out of fashion. Those little Lebanese ones. Oh, they're the best ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I eat so much zucchini and cucumbers. I am a Mediterranean green, diet with carbs. That is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that nailed a it. Oh. For sure. But yeah, volume. So that comes down to volume. So, you know, um, we have stretch receptors that live on the inside of our stomach so that when we fill our, um, our stomach up with food or, or fiber or volume, whatever it may be, these stretch fibers get a signal and they expand and they tell our brain that we're full. Yeah, mm. nailed it. So, um, yeah, when you include more fiber that digests slowly, such as, you know, like 10 cucumbers, um, there's only so <laughs> much room, right? We need into a cucumber intervention. But it's the same as like, you know, if you scale coconut water, which is what I drink a lot of coconut water in my off season just to get carbs and calories um, with less volume. You know, that definitely gets cut out during comp prep unless it's yep. sort of like obviously accounted for and replaced with things like cucumber. So Here's, you kind of, yeah, you go. No, you're say, on a roll now. I always jump in. Because I'm just going to cut you off. This is something I personally do. This is something Here I personally go. do. I know that you probably don't. I, I don't track those cucumbers. No. Like, I don't eat 10 of them. I might eat one you gotta every couple everything. of days. Nah, I, I can't. It's got calories. It's got like seven. Times 10 per day, every day, forever. No, I don't eat 10, though. If I was eating 10, I might eat three a week. Is that a Three big little cucumbers. Like the... It's a waste. Cucumbers. Oh, the big ones. Yeah. The Lebanese ones are small. No, you ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying they were good. If you do oh, little packet ones... Yeah, yeah. Made, I was great. like, three of them wouldn't touch the side. Okay. <laughs> no, I've I'll just, let you finish talking. I've never tracked um, anything like less than 10 calories because I don't... Unless I was including it in huge amounts. Like, yes, if I was eating a cucumber every day... I'm probably not that bad though. Then I would definitely if it's a daily thing. Mm. No, but um, yeah, I've just never tracked um, like my handful of spinach or my once off cucumber just Mm. because it's like three, five, seven calories Mm. on my fitness pal. And, you know, like lettuce and all that. Yeah, like that sort of stuff. I just, you know, I always used to, um, and, you know, because I haven't had so much control over my prep, I'd be like, well, I take these stairs at work. How many calories did that burn? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did I count that You out? can do your head no. in. So, yeah, you yeah. can do your head in. So, yeah. yeah. Fair call. I think because you've earned that right. If we're new to tracking, I think we need to track everything only because it creates habits. Yes. And then how are you going to know whether, like, things are low in calories if Mm. you haven't practiced yeah actually because i don't either Mm. in saying that because i know spinach lettuce whatever it might be tiny amounts but i had to earn that right 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that because like I get all my clients to make sure they track everything to look at fiber and all that sort of stuff from the start. Yeah. Um, because they wouldn't know that the cucumber. Yeah. So I get that. Totally get that. But yeah, yeah for myself, I was just saying I personally don't have to. And, yeah. you know, I might leave like a 20 calorie buffer or something like that. Yeah. But again, you can do your head in. Yeah. You can easily do your head in. And when you think of when you sit, get fixed on calories in and calories out, you know, it's easy to go down that slippery slope. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's different-ish because, yeah, we've done this so many times. And, and with the WBFF, you can be a bit fuller. If I was like IFBB and you're going to be fucking diced, I'm going to track yeah. everything. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not saying that we're dropping the ball. We've just known what works for our mm. divisions. Yeah. I've done know. it a lot. We've done it a lot. This would be what? This would be my sixth show. What are yours? Like bloody over 10? Yeah, this will be 11. No, 11. Far out. I'm, a, I'm a, in the master. Veteran, mate. <laughs> there you go. But that comes into our next one of don't eat diet foods all year round. Yeah. You know, like I, I reserve those cucumbers for when I need the volume. Yeah. Like I don't, like I said, coconut water, you know. I think a lot of girls, um, it's a big mistake is sticking to the same low-calorie, low-carb food options all year round puts you in a tough spot for one, when you want to build your calories up, and two, reverting back to the willpower of dieting. You get sick of those foods. Yeah. Like, I only pull out the noodles, yeah, when I really need yeah. to. Like, but have your base skeleton. Don't just throw everything out because, and then stick to donuts. Oh, because I'm building. No still eat like an athlete but then save some of the foods that aren't the best tasting like cucumbers are nice and whatever save your noodles and your high volume stuff for when it's time to diet yeah program yourself be like right we're on diet time now Mm. yeah so um something i do like i eat eggs most mornings but i might swap out my whole eggs for one whole egg with egg whites yep um and take away a piece of toast or do something like that then you know um instead of having salmon i might choose whitefish or chicken you know it's about smart swaps not completely changing everything i love that Mm. definitely and then it it makes it fun but still include like a little block of your chocolate when you are dieting just if it makes you feel good awesome include it like that was something um that we didn't think about was like I, i hate the terminology of a cheat day but sort of like refeeds and like diet breaks and all that sort of stuff. What do you think of all that in terms of being advanced or included? I think the label cheat day should be put in the bin forever. Same. That's fucked. Kick it out. It just, it's, the word cheat is, it's a bad word in our minds. And then we associate that bad word with the food that we're eating. Mm. And then forever we think those foods are bad. Cheat day needs to fuck off. In the bin. In the bin. Um, And then if we have a refeed day, I think it needs to be tracked. Yes. There's coaches that say, go on, have a day of doing whatever the fuck you want. No. Binge recipe. Binge recipe, man. Like everything should be tracked. Mm. And that goes as well. Like logging as you go is definitely an advanced strategy. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You stuff it up. You're in egg whites and spinach for dinner. <laughs> oh, we've all done it. Oh, yeah. 
far out. And that's the thing, like when you've got a when you've got a deadline and something to um, you know, a targets to meet, you need to be prepared. I'm always at least one day ahead logged in my fitness pal, if yep. not the week. Like I know what I'm eating, I make up my own little meal plan and recipes and stuff like that that I know I'm gonna hit my targets. But logging as you go, you need to be able to literally sit down and tell me what the calories and macros are in each meal blindly without looking at my fitness pal before you can do it. Hey, crack the whip. I well, love don't, it. Don't you think? Yep. Because how are you going to be able to... Because people will say like, oh, I got to the end of the day and I've got this left. And it's like, why? Why did you get to the end of the yeah. day and you've got this left? Oh, because... Um, because what? Because you didn't plan your day out. Mm-hmm. And that's the underlying problem. It's like... You know, if, if, you know, graduating from the meal plan to having the autonomous decisions of flexible dieting mm-hmm. comes with a cost of being organized. Yep. Yep. And I think it's important to be organized um, with this stuff because we're not here to teach you to be mediocre. And we understand, yes, you don't have to be in comprep mode all the time. No. But if, you know, I, f- I hear a lot of people wanting to be the best at something, yet they're dropping the ball everywhere. Mm. And as um, Nikki said in our previous episode, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. We spoke about that. And it's very important. You want to be amazing on stage? Cool. Get organized. Mm-hmm. You know, organize that shit. And, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, we've all done it. You know, we've all, we've all you know, deviated towards those licks, sucks and bites or, you know, let the ball slip, so to speak. Um, but it's just about pulling yourself up on it and being yep. like, okay, you know, this week I've let myself down and I've yep. just pulled myself up on it because I'm in complete control mm. of tomorrow mm-hmm. and today and every other action that I'm going to learn from this mistake. Yeah. And in saying that as well, I remember at the start, everyone, when I was comp prepping and it was new and, and I didn't stand up for myself as much as I do now. Because people know that this is what Danny does. Just mm. let her be and it's sick. Um, but at the start, people like, have a bite. It won't hurt. Have a bite. Yes, one bite will not hurt. But it's the fact that if I start to ingrain that habit, you know, lick, sucks and bites, as Sherelle says, then that's when it can fall to shit. Mm. So just, yeah, stand on your own two feet. Don't have a bite of it or just track it. Like, be disciplined. It's a snowball effect and a compounding effect. So, Mm. you know, the same as what we talk about willpower being a muscle. You have to flex it often. Mm. You know, these sorts of things all still apply. Yep. So, um, you know, going into that as well, like, including low and high days. So, this could be talking about calories and or carbohydrates. Yep. You'll hear people say, oh, it's my high day. It's a leg day vice versa, versus um, sticking to iso calories and carbs, so having the same numbers to meet each day. Mm. Two very different strategies. Yeah. One takes a lot more comprehension and thinking and planning, whereas the other one's pretty standard and routine of knowing what you're doing each day. So yeah. that's why I sort of think having low and high days, regardless of what you're cycling, is more of an advanced strategy, but also a very um, beneficial one for some people for adherence. Yeah, absolutely. Pros and cons for both. I think when you're starting out, it's best just to have the same macros for one day, just so you can get into the habit of meeting that one target. Yeah. And you can pretty, once you nail it one day, you copy and paste it to the next day, do it for a week or two, cool, you've learned 
different habits. Yeah. Before adding too many variables in because yeah. it gets confusing. It can get very overwhelming. And, and um, like we said, some mental fatigue is a big thing when it comes to nutrition. And this is why meal plans tend to be so successful is because they take yep. that burden away. Yeah. Um, so having like a few extra days in there with different numbers can be really overwhelming for some people. But yeah. And I personally like to stick to the same numbers um, towards, you know, a deeper into a diet. I might include some high days for mental purposes, psychological something to look forward to in terms of having some more high carbs and yeah. stuff with other days. I find that helps me with adherence. Okay. So that's important, you know, to know what for and when mm. and why. And for me, it's like that's really important is, is being able to stay adherent. It's like the yep. single most important thing when it comes to tracking. That's your foundation, adhering to the bloody plan. nothing else matters. Your numbers nothing. don't mean shit. Yeah, if you're not sticking to them, cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, in terms of high days, I have them on leg days just because I want more energy uh, for that. So, essentially, if you even out your – let's just say your goal is to lose some weight. So, you're in a 10% deficit, but you split the macros over the period of seven days. So, let's just say they're the same for seven days. You make your low days a little bit lower than what that consistent day would be, then you make the high days a little bit higher. But overall, for the space of a week, you're still in a deficit. Mm -hmm. But you're just having a little bit less on the low days, a little bit more on the high days. Yeah, so when you look at your weekly averages, because when we talk about fat loss, you know, it doesn't occur in one day or one hour or one meal. It occurs across the span of many weeks and accumulated months. So that's why when we look at our targets by the end of the week, it doesn't matter whether you're cycling high-low days or sticking to the same numbers. It all averages out to the same values at the end. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, so generally... I know some people used to put it on a rest day, um, higher Mm. carbs, but personally for adherence as well, I love it on a leg day. I push so much harder on leg days um, Mm. just because there's more exercises. And the same as well, like, oh, I've got high carb leg day, push hard, you know. Sure, I was clicking her fingers. I'm in the the zone, in the couch, laying back. (laughs) Love it. All right. What is your opinion, Sherelle, on paying back calories? I think it's stupid. So, um, you know, paying back calories, I feel like is a get out of jail free card for a lot of people, because unless you're in a strict comp prep, and if you find that you're binging on a comp prep, you need to address that anyways. But, you know, if you're a lifestyle client, you don't have um, specific targets or a timeline to meet, and you tend to overeat by a couple of hundred calories, I think you take that on board as a learning lesson rather than Mm -hmm. punishing yourself for the next day and or throwing in a get out of jail free card and just deducting it. Because for a lot of people, um, you know, they do use that. They're like, I'll just take it off the next day. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, why did you do that? What is the behavior and the rationale behind it? I want you to eat the normal amount of calories for a lot of people. That's a more of a punishment than taking it away. Mm. So I find that to be more beneficial because, you know, they sort of think that, oh, well, if I just repaid, it doesn't matter. Like, well, what doesn't matter? Because the reality is a couple of hundred calories overeating once is not going to derail your results. It's no the way. flow on effect. So yep. more often than not, it's the fuck it, throw it in, eat everything else that yep. follows that and or accumulation over a long period of time of that behavior just snowballing. So yeah. let's stop both. Stop both. That can go in the bin with bloody cheat day. Yeah. Because yep. um, then if you take it off the next day and then you take it um, too much, then you're going to be hungry again. Oh, and we spoke about cycle. this in the Christmas episode. It's a vicious 
cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. yeah. So we're always, you know, trying to get long-term sustainable changes in people, um, not yes. just physically but mentally. So flexible dieting is a shift in a mentality. You've got to be in that right headspace to do it. And, Absolutely. And, you know, like I've been um, – I've had to pay back calories and do all that sort of stuff even during a, like a comp prep. Mm. Um, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like the way it made me think about – calories and food and yeah. just i don't like think yes it's a budget right mm-hmm. but i just don't like thinking about it so black and white yep yep just be a little bit more disciplined or yep. come up with a better strategy for next time to like all right cool let's just say you were at at a wedding or something and you had a, a few more calories because you're enjoying the festivities or whatever um cool maybe over the next few days really drag it out i'm talking mm. maybe maximum five grams of fat less like don't just do it all in the next two days just drag it out if you need to but again address why it happened your mindset around it Mm. um and then yeah but like Sherelle I I don't rate it either And the difference between that is that's a planned event yeah. So if you're planning something again that's positive you're planning ahead you're doing all that sort of stuff if you've overeaten unintentionally which is most of the time that what happens when you mean intentionally sorry if you've no unintentionally overeaten like if you've sort of binged or if you're that's intentional sorry intentional that's okay i just wanted to make sure if you've done it on purpose that's intentional yeah okay yeah go now thrown her. Sorry. No. So welcome if, to English class. Just say someone's <laughs> overeaten by a couple of hundred calories, yeah. um, and it hasn't been accounted for. They haven't planned. It's not for a wedding. Yeah. They've just done it in a day. Yeah. That's okay. When yeah, I yeah, think yeah. The paying back of the calories probably isn't appropriate. Yeah. Um. But that's no. Just, they you know, don't a lot deserve of, it. No. A lot of people and a lot of coaches do that method, mm. and that might work for some people. But for me like having to do it myself and helping other girls through that sort of mindset as well. I don't think it's a positive. um, No, no, no. Um, But yeah, all of these advanced strategies are to be played with once you nailed the basics Mm. that we spoke about, like being able to hit your targets, um, having a good relationship with food and, and yourself and knowing why you're doing this, nail the basics first, which we spoke about in our previous episode. And then, now these are the the two percenters, okay, that you get to play around with. Yeah, but yeah. they look, they all add up only if you've yeah. nailed the basics, just yeah. like anything. That's right. And you know, if you're not nailing those basics, none of this shit matters. That's so, it. So you know, it doesn't matter what your high and low day consists of. You're not sticking to the same calories, mm. or like you know, you don't earn the right to not log your cucumber if you don't know that it's low calorie. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people might say, oh, like, oh, well, that's got a lot in it, and, and I always think, I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, you know, things mm. about food that mm. other people don't because of how much we have tracked in the past yeah it just comes with time and experience as does everything yeah so again guys we hope you enjoyed this episode strategies for advanced flexible dieting um if you did enjoy it please do take a screenshot post it on your instagram story tag myself tag danielle and tag the level up podcast